We're happy to have you with us. Those of you who are visiting, you're our honored guests, and we stand ready to serve you in any way that we possibly can. We have been studying the book of Acts for the last few Sundays. I continue this morning in calling your attention to this great book. We have focused on the great theme that these are acts of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Even though we have referred to it as the acts of the apostles, which is correct, but the real acts that we need to be mindful of is the acts of the Holy Spirit, the acts of Jesus, as he works through the inspired apostles and through others. Primarily, it's the works of Jesus. These are the acts of Jesus. And if we can get that picture, we can see Jesus even plain today in the lives and activities of those people in the book of Acts. It makes it real. makes it real for us. I want you to turn to the fifth chapter, and we mentioned last time that a problem arose. Oh, Satan just won't let Jesus alone, even though he took his life. And Jesus was raised from the dead and appeared 40 days, working with his disciples and finally ascended. And then in 10 days later, he came through the Spirit, filled the apostles, and they began going very strong from the very first time that he filled their lives and hearts. And they've been teaching, the great teaching in the second chapter was that Christ is alive. He's not out there in that tomb that the prophecy has said was David's tomb. He's of the seed of David, but uh, that's David's tomb out there. And he does, he's alive. And he quoted in that second chapter and said, here are these scriptures. Isaiah 2, Joel 2, Psalms 2, and many other scriptures. And they all focus into this chapter. And Jesus is alive. And they really believed it. And they were touched in their hearts and they asked what they ought to do and and the answer as you well remember was that you've got to repent you've got to change and you've got to be baptized and you can receive the gift of the holy spirit and this promise is not only to you but it's to everybody it's to all the people that he'll call third chapter same sermon same sermon he reaches and gets some of the similar passages of Scripture, but mostly he just takes Deuteronomy 18 and 22 in chapter 3 and 22, and he says, well, this prophet that, that, that Moses was talking about here is Jesus. He's alive. He's alive. And he said, uh, what you do... Uh, you just remember that from the, all the prophets, from Samuel on down, have spoken of these days. And we've mentioned that. Second Samuel 7, verse 13, 
talked about David's throne and that it was David's throne that the one had come forth and rule. And sure enough, this is he. This is he. And he tells them that day, he said, you've got to repent. You've got to have seasons of refreshing coming, which is equal to the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And then he says, you, should, you, you can receive Jesus. God will send Jesus. So he's alive. If he's going to send Jesus, he's alive. Now they're not going to see him. They're just going to believe that it's Jesus that's come into the heart. Now you know when they healed a man in that chapter, it caused all kinds of trouble. People began to wonder what this great miracle was, and, and they even called them in the courts, and they even out of it came punishment and, and a command not to say anything else about Jesus. He, he's alive, but they didn't want it mentioned. They didn't want his blood on their hands. But they continued. Regardless, they continued to preach Jesus, that he was alive. And when they were questioning, they said, well, it's with Jesus' power that we did this. And if you think we're not going to talk about this, he said, just judge ye. They put him in jail. They found him out the next morning. They found him out teaching Jesus. They flogged them again and told them not to do it. And they still preached Jesus and just prayed and said, Jesus, we're just glad all this has come to pass. And here are these passages that talk about it. And it talks about how these people are acting. Those scriptures talks about how these people act. We just thank you that we could serve you, Jesus. Well, can you imagine people doing that and then some other people not knowing Jesus that well? But we studied last time that a man and his wife sort of plotted against. They were selfish and they plotted against Jesus. That old, they let the old devil enter in to their mind just like he entered into Eve's mind and caused them to sin. And when Peter saw that, he just took the man's life and boom, like that. Didn't say a word to his wife three hours later. Took his life. Said, why did you, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit's acting. Jesus is acting. Well, I mean, fear came upon the on all the church. And uh, you think, well, that, we get that in control. But you know what? The old devil's at it again. For these people that went out into the Hellenistic world and the Jews that stayed in Jerusalem had prejudice in their mind. The ones that stayed in Jerusalem against those people that go out there, learn another language, have another dialect, and miss some of the worship services at the temple, and not do it just like they'd told. They aroused a great prejudice. And so when they all gathered there and received this great blessing on the day of Pentecost, and, and they'd just been growing beliefs and bounds, Old devil, he wanted to capitalize on that prejudiceness. And 
he builds up in the minds of these Hebrew Jews that that uh, they're more important than those people come out out there. They don't give those women too much. Those widows don't often forget about it. You make a difference now. These these are the ones that need to be administered to. And they, they got in trouble again. But you know what they did? Look at the chapter 6. Those days when the numberings of the disciples was multiplied, it was growing by leaps and bounds. Old devil always has to throw a, a wrench in the wheel. He has to take advantage of people's differences. And there arose murmurings of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Because their widows were neglected in the daily administration. They had a right to. And then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, Now that's a big description, call the multitudes of disciples. That's growing. The church is increasing. And said, so it's not reason, it's not reasonable, and it's not right for that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Why? Well, we got to teach Jesus' life. We got to teach that the prophets have, have have been the words have been fulfilled, and that Jesus is active in the life of people, and we've got a lot more to tell about that. And we don't need to neglect that. Because Jesus has to be received by people who don't know about it. And that's important. That takes priority. We've forgotten that lesson too, haven't we? Now, brethren, the way to handle this is just to look out among yourselves seven men of honest report full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom whom we have appointed, whom we may appoint over this matter. Now, that's good business. They didn't say, I'll tell you what, we're the boss around here. God's given us the Spirit, and we've been preaching, and you ought to listen to us, and we'll tell you what to do. No, they said, brethren, Here's here what's happening. What we want you to do, brethren, look at that word, brethren. Look out among you, some men. We're going to delegate this to some, some men. These are the first workers. They take on the name deacon because of the word, the verb, to work. And they said, this work, here's a work to be done. And... Uh, uh, they need to be honest, they need to be full of the Holy Spirit, and they need to help be wise people. And uh, then we'll just point them o- over this. Now that's a great lesson for us. And if we're running into difficulty, we need to ask people about the problem and discuss it with them and say, brethren, we have a problem. Now it's your problem. But we need to get wise people. We need to get people who believe in the Holy Spirit and believe what he's been doing and people who are really honest and unselfish and we'll just let them do that work. But we will give ourselves, look at that fourth verse. 
continually to prayer and to preaching the word. The ministry of the word was preaching the word. What are you preaching? Well, that's what they've been doing in Acts 2, Acts 3. That Christ is on the throne, he's the right hand of God, and that he is present, and that he's doing this, and he's the one that healed this man. And why do you think that we did it of our own? And he's ready to heal, and he'll come into the heart and life of every believer that we'll preach to, that'll believe it. Now, that's priority. Priority to preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ as the living Christ working in the heart and life of people. Brethren, that... That ought to stabilize us, thinking, hey, when the devil wants to, to build up caste in the church and turn the Hebrew uh, uh, prejudiced people against the Greek-speaking uh, uh, people that's in the church, they're all the multitude, they've been all saved by the blood of Christ. When that happens, what are we going to do? Are we going to get the ones that's being persecuted and the ones being mistreated? And we're going to let them have a group out of themselves to handle this thing. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus working. Now, it pleased the whole multitude. It pleased the whole multitude. And, and that's wonderful that we know that the body of Christ was, was operating like that. And there are Stephen's, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and uh, we won't name the rest of them, because we just won't talk about those two, just a little bit. Stephen and Philip, and all of these names give to us the message that they were all men of the dispersion. That they were all men out from the Greek world. That the Jews that had stayed there were prejudiced against. Now, if you have prejudice against a race or against a people or against somebody, just know that's no part of Christianity. But the devil tried to use it right here. And he'll try to use it. But God is no respecter person. But in every nation, Cornelius said a little after this, in every nation, any man who fears God and works righteousness is accepted with him. Now look at that verse 7. You know, the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. While they hedged old Satan again. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. There were thousands of priests that had been converted. And Stephen, look at that eighth verse, full of the power and great wonders, uh, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Now Stephen is one of those deacons, but he is also one that God had chosen through whom Christ would show that he's still alive. He's one of the seven. And we don't know how long this is, but this is probably four or five years uh, it takes for all of this to happen. 
for what he's doing, he's full of faith and he's full of power and he and great wonders and miracles. He worked great wonders and miracles among the people. Now there were just some of those people among his own people that wanted to catch him. Look at the next verse. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines. Hey, these are the these are the ones that old Satan tried to get upset that they were mistreated and their widows were and get them to fight. So here's some of the the priests that uh, some certain ones that arose out of this, the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and Asia disputing with Stephen. The one among Stephen's own group that he went out on the limb and was helping their widows said, ah, we're going to catch him. We're going to catch him. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit of which he spake. So when they... Do you have any suspiciousness in you? Get rid of it. Is Satan trying to get into you and get your paranoid gift of God? Uh, Maybe it's there for some reason or your own makeup. And does it have doubt and suspicion about every act of every person? Get rid of it. Deliver it to Jesus. For when they couldn't get that to work for them and they couldn't find old Stephen and catch him in something, they got suburban-born men. These are the low-grade people, the liars and the cheats and the people who will become a hitman for 50 cents. We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. They said, we just need to get him in two points. Blaspheme against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. Now look at that. The devil's working again, yeah. How does he do it? Through gossip? through lies, through things that are not true. You know, it's just amazing how you can just say something to somebody that has a good, about somebody that has a good character and is doing a good work, and, and, they'll, just listen, and they'll just tell somebody else just as, as if it were true. If you're that kind of person, just stop it. Because you're working for Satan. But they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. And they even worked it around and had false witnesses and say, which said, they say, we want to pay you a load. Don't you need some money? We, we, want, we want to ask you to say that you heard him blaspheme against this place, this temple, and that you heard him say things against the law, 
because we're going to have court here, and and we want it to be the procedure to be right, and we just want you as a witness. And we have to have a witness, and the witness has to be the one who really saw it. And we want you to say that you that you did that. For we have heard him say. That's what they wanted them to lie about. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth. See, Jesus is alive. And Jesus has been raised from the dead. And Jesus has healed and helped people. And Jesus has come into the hearts and lives of people who have been preached him, resurrection from the dead. And the number has just multiplied. But old Satan is now working through degraded people who will listen to somebody and will even respond by them wanting to give him something and tell a lie in order to keep this good deacon from preaching Jesus. We just want you to say that Jesus of Nazareth that you heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And if we can get him to say that, we'll stone him because that's blasphemy. That's according to the law. And we'll just cast him off. And, and all of us sat in the council looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Now, I wonder where that came from. Jesus is alive. Jesus is helping him in persecution. They have grabbed him. It, it's been a number of years here that this is happening. Uh, he's covering a number of years. I don't know how long it is uh, before he's... he's uh, He's stoned. It's, it's pretty close, and we think of it being just immediately after Jerusalem, but we just can't tell how long it's been. But he's really been working. This deacon's been working. He's been preaching. And the old devil just wanted to put a stop to it. And then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he began to preach. And you know what he did? He just took the history of Jesus of, of the Old Testament. And he just showed how that Israel had done the same thing. This had been a pattern. And he finally concluded that Jesus was alive and that Jesus had brought this about and Jesus was the one who was doing all of this and that they need to listen to Jesus. And these people hadn't believed like they should in the Messiah. Now these were, he's out here working in Jerusalem, and he's still, you've got to understand that 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost. 5,000 were saved later. But we have a host of other Jews that have come from other places, and these are primarily the ones who come from uh, the Greek-speaking places. And they haven't been convinced yet that Jesus is the Messiah. And in the process of his preaching, he's trying to convince them that Jesus is the Messiah. And he quotes a whole 
group of scriptures and tells the history of Israel. And he said, you know, there's not a, this is, this is Israel, this is the, our pattern, the pattern of our people. All of this has happened. And people have forgotten the power of God and the strength of God. He just, he, he looked at all of that. Now look at verse 39. After he, he has the most concise, brief period of treating the people of Israel. He says, to whom our fathers would not obey. To whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. Saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we know not what is become of him. And they made a calf. This while he was up on the mount getting the Ten, ten Commandments. He said, that's what's happened to the history of this people, and you're trying to do the same thing. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice unto the idols and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the hosts of heaven, as it is written in the book of prophets, and oh, uh, and here's he's quoting from, O ye Israel, uh, house of Israel, have ye offered to me slain beasts and sacrificed by the space of forty years in the wilderness? Yea, he took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Rapham, figures which made to worship them, and will carry you away beyond Babylon. He said, when Israel acted this way, this is what God said, and they went into Babylonian captivity. And he tells about them coming back. And he concludes, he says, look at verse 47. But Solomon built them in the house, howbeit the Most High doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hands made all these things? And now here's the conclusion of his sermon. Now, now, now sort of get the picture here. The old devil is, it hates it because Jesus is on the throne and at the right hand of God and is ruling and is acting in the book of Acts. And he attacks a man and his wife and causes them to lie about the presence and of God and about their prosperity and how he could take care of them. And they got to thinking, uh, maybe he didn't, so they lost their faith. But he showed them he's in control. Now they have a group of people who the old devil is trying to get them to be prejudiced toward one another and have a big fuss in the church. And the wisdom comes out and says, well, the, the way to do this is just to get people among these own crying about being mistreated and let them take care of their own problem. And they did. And it was a result. But then there was a lot of people who hadn't been converted, and they said, we want to get this boy. He, he's teaching Jesus is alive, and it's a Messiah has come. And we don't believe in the Messiah. 
And we want to pay some of these ignorant, degraded people to just get on the stand before this council and just condemn him. We'll condemn him to death. We'll handle him in our court. And that's what they do. And they had him up. And he, he preached him a great sermon. You know what he did? He preached, he said, Israel has been guilty of this all along. Look at verse 51. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do ye. Why, Jesus is alive. The Holy Spirit is alive. He'll give the Holy Spirit to everybody that accepts Him as the, as the, as the Messiah. Why, He says, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and the murderers. Now these are the ones that have been the betrayers and the murderers, and yet they haven't repented. And he's bringing it right to them. And he's preaching Christ. And Christ is alive, and Christ is acting, and he's acting in Stephen right now. You who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. He said, you received the law by angels working with God and God working through angels and you haven't even kept it. Now look what they did when they heard these things. Now, now here's what we need to hear today. Where are you in relationship to a live Christ? Where are you in your faith and your devotion to a God who created you, gave his life for you, and bled for you, and saves you, and offers himself for you, and wants to deliver you from the devil and his works and his sin that he approaches us with each day? Where are you in working with him? This would make the sermon apropos in our lives. Now when they heard these things, they were cut to their hearts and they gushed on him with their teeth. Just means they gritted their teeth. And, and, but he full of the Holy Spirit. What they do, they'd throw you off of the little cliff that you were on and that usually would kill a person, but they didn't and they, they were hitting him with stones and they gave him one last chance to confess his sin. That's the way it was in that culture. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly into heaven. Now here is the beautiful scene. And it's the scene of the message of the book of Acts. Jesus is acting. He's alive. And he saw the glory of God. And look at that next and he saw Jesus. Jesus is in the accusative. It's the object of what he saw. God is the object of what he saw. He saw God and he saw Jesus. And he saw Jesus standing. Standing on the right hand of God. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened. 
And when you see the heavens opened, they didn't open just at that time. If you'll notice that, open is in the past tense. In the original language, it's the past perfect. It has been opened sometime in the past, and it stands open. It's standing open. If you really were to translate that and to get the Greek language in there, you'd say, and behold, I see the heavens standing opened in the past sometime. We don't know when it is, and it's still open. Why? When did it do it? When he went into heaven. And in Psalms 6, it says, Ye lift up your gates and let the Lord of glory come in. And he went in when he ascended on the right hand of God in Acts 1. And the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. He saw him standing. In Acts 2, he was sitting. But now he's standing. He's active. He's active to help us. Now here's what the people that were blind to this faith they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. When they cast him out of the city, he went off on the cliff. That's usually the way they do it. And if that doesn't kill him, then they stone him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. He was converted. His name is mentioned because he's going to be one of the primary actors of the last half of the book of Acts. And Luke wanted you to know that he was the ringleader of the Greek-speaking people who did not receive Jesus as the Messiah. And it took a vision from heaven for him to know that he was kicking against Jesus Christ later. But he wants you to understand that he was the ringleader and that he could change. Now, I don't care where you sit today and where you stand today. You could be like Paul against Christ, but you could change. He did. They stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus... Receive my spirit. And that's what he does to every saint. The spirit departs and goes with God. And I had prayer with Sister Jean. Thursday. She was at the point of death. Bless her little old sweetheart and her voice. She heard every word I said. I said, Jean, I know you're struggling. But you know, David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Did you hear me? She said, Yes. I said, You can say that same thing right now. She said, Yes. And I said, you have been saved by His blood and you've been washed. And you're not alone. Did you hear what I said? She said, yes. I said, you're not alone. Jesus is with you. That's the faith. 
that we can live by. That's the faith we can die by. He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. And he said, Lord Jesus, lay not sin to their charge. Same thing, whether he knew it or not, whether he was mindful or not. Same thing that Jesus said when people crucified him. He had the Spirit of Christ. Fell asleep. You have a chance to have the faith. To express your faith. That Stephen expressed as we stand together and stand.